Hey y'all, before we serve you this filet mignon of a podcast episode, just a couple of notes. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Um, We just decided that we were going to do an episode where we talked to my friend Brittany and sort of just have it be about her. Um, You know, David's very active and vocal online. Um, He, you know, you can find his Twitter and on his Facebook. I think some of his posts are public if you're interested in his views on any of that. But we just, this episode's not really about that. And that was just something that we felt like hey let's let's have let's have a nice conversation and have it be funny and so there's that the other thing to note is uh just because you know we work for the same company just some clarification that uh the views expressed on this episode or any episode do not necessarily represent those of those who employ us uh anyone but us and as i like to say doesn't always even represent us because sometimes we like to just say things and as a warning if you've never listened to the show uh we curse you know it's just who we are um Although we don't, I actually don't, we don't curse that much in this episode. I don't even know if Brittany curses at all. So, uh, well, to heck with it. Uh, anyway, enjoy the show. It's Brittany, bitch. All right, welcome back. Episode 40 of Underemployed. That's right. That's the episode you discreetly drink in a brown paper bag. David, how you doing? Uh, or you can buy to go from several bars in Savannah and New Orleans. God bless America. Uh, we God have a very it. special episode. Uh, as Does that make this the Billy D. Williams episode? Is Billy D. Williams a 40-ounce drinker? Billy D. Williams used to be the spokesman for uh, Colt 45. That's right. Yeah. You know what? We'll do that for episode Colt 45. We'll call it the Billy D. Williams of episodes. Good planning ahead. Billy D. Williams! Boy, I guess he must have had a little too much Colt 45. But for episode 40, every 10 episodes we've had a guest. It just worked out that way. And uh, the problem with getting guests is that my, my oeuvre... My 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 reach is limited because of my move. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say your oeuvre in this sense. I would say it's yeah. more your terroir, the makeup of what's around you. Check College educated boys, I like it. Red. We are joined by, well, you may know her as the anchor of Wake Up and Daybreak. You may know her as the person so nice they named her once, the Tiger Queen. She is Brittany Morgan, my friend. The. Uh, the, the doer of several voiceovers for this podcast? Yes. Yes. So, Brittany, exp- you can explain this. You've been kind of on the show before. Sure. Yeah. So, first of all, no one's ever called me any of those things you just said. Okay. Well, um, not even the anchor of Daybreak and Wake Up. Like, because people don't, people don't watch that. But, um, yeah, I, I remember, what was it? Your 100th episode? No, not your 100th. One year episode. One yeah. year we did, episode. Yeah. 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 Okay. Episode yeah. 40. But Billy D. Williams, slowest man ever, played Gail Sayers and uh, ah, yes. Brian's song. Yes. That's right. Okay, so, um, yeah, I, it was something like, Jack was like, can you send us a message? You, you, we've been on for a year, and I, was, and I sent the message that said, you've been on for a year? No, no. The first year, you sent a very kind message oh, to I David did? and myself. It was like, yes, yes. Was, the first year was, the first year was, was quite kind. Oh, I don't And we were like, that. wow, thank you, Brittany. Positive. And you, you had just gotten the job here for a few months, so I was like, wow, she's making it. I was it. in a dark place. Yeah, that's... <laughs> so the second year... She was, she was practicing stage face. I was going to say, because the second year, you sent it and said, this, this rat-ass show has been on, on the air. This garbage podcast has been going on for two years. 
Wow. See? And now oh, we good. Like, I'm the, showing growth and dynamic. Yes. Um, uh, nature. Range. Good. So, range. There you go. So let's let's get let's done get started. Um, I guess you were born in. Were you born in Springfield? I was born. Well, uh, weirdly, I was born in Falls Church because Wait. at Fairfax Hospital. Fairfax okay. Hospital is in Falls Church. Yes. My mom works at Fairfax Hospital, was born at Fairfax Hospital. So I was born in Falls Church, Virginia. Did not know that until uh, Born and raised Springfield, Virginia. Yes. Um, what was it like being born? No, that's, that's not a great question. <laughs> Dark, then Dark. light. Um, so what was your... Warm, then miserable. Yeah. hanging you upside down. I've been back. crying ever since. What was the... What was it like growing up for... Like... What kind of kid were you? I guess it's a dumb question, but like, what type of kid were you? What kind of kid? I was a tomboy. I mean, I, I had an older brother mm-hmm. who had friends who I thought were either cool or cute or both. Um, when I was five, I got a younger brother. So, you know, I'm, I'm my grandma's only granddaughter, surrounded by boys, um, burning bugs with magnifying glasses You're and playing Little League and, you know, d- hanging with the boys and being friends with them for... When did you first get your love? So it's interesting you're on this podcast because you do not like rap music and you do not care for the NBA, which is what? like, David, 65% of the basis of the show? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to uh, enjoy myself. You are a trooper. Um, but I, look, we are, I, I'm not going to speak for Jack, but I try to be a man of culture. We, we, and I don't, so it works. But <laughs> So when did you first grow into a love for sport? I mean, I know your dad's obviously a huge baseball fan. I don't know if I can remember a time when I didn't love sports. I mean, so my dad was actually the public address announcer for the Prince William Cannons at the time. Mm. So, uh, yes. So I got I got chicken pox at a Prince William Cannons game. <laughs> <laughs> it's magical there, right? So that's truly that's where I grew up. I mean, my my mom is a nurse, uh, cardiac nurse. She was on call a lot. So my dad would, you know, be doing PA with me on his lap. Or me crawling under the press box, under like on top of people's feet. I remember being there, them giving me cotton candy and hot dogs and balloons. And so I was, I tell people I was conditioned to sort of be who I am. And like, I don't, I don't know any other way. When we've talked about it, it basically seems like you were, you are your dad's daughter. Like yeah. you took out, yeah. yeah point dude. of order. Weren't the cannons also a farm team for the giants at that point? No. The Richmond, the Richmond squirrels. Yes. So at the time I was born, or just before, I can't really remember the exact timeline. Like uh, I tell Jack, Bernie Williams is in our home movies. Yeah. Like um, uh, they were a Yankees affiliate. Then they okay. were actually, I think before that they were a Pirates affiliate, Yankees affiliate, uh, White Sox affiliate was most of my That's most of my okay. life. You, but you are your dad's daughter. Like you, li- like the music. I, I mean, like I kind of alluded to, the music you listen to is your dad's music. Yeah. The sports you watch and the teams you root for, your dad's team. Yeah. Yeah. Was that I, just a bond you had right then and well, there? Well, yeah. I mean, so again, like I, you know, I'm his only daughter, and he raised us. I mean, my mom, my mom was there every chance she could be there. You know. But, but my dad was the one. My yeah. dad was the one coaching our teams. My dad was the one packing my lunch. My dad was the one, you know, making sure I had tampons at school. I remember yeah. being in high school and having an issue, and my dad brought me pants and tampons. Like that. That was my dad. That one of my trooper. favorite stories of my dad. He gave me the like period talk, which I'm sure you guys talk about this a lot. Oh yeah. yeah but yeah. okay, so we had the same talk so, with our fathers. So okay, yes. so my dad calls me in in the bedroom. I'm like twelve. He sits me down and it's just him and my my parents had discussed he should do it because he's the one who's home so more likely than not he'll be the one wow. when I when it happens yeah. and then 
you know, he can help me or whatever. And I feel comfortable enough to tell him, right? So my dad, being my dad, sits me down and goes, Brittany, if you bleed... <laughs> I didn't even finish. I know, but it's a great start. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Just a okay, great okay, start. hold on, hold on. It gets better. It gets better. Just wait. No context. He goes, he goes, exactly. He goes, Brittany, if you bleed, let me know. That's it. And I said, what? And he goes, just let me know. And I'm like, what? And then, and then I'm like, a week later, I scrape my knee and I'm like, dad? And he's like, nope, nope. <laughs> no, no, you'll, you'll no, know. no, you'll know. You'll know, yeah. David, did you ever watch um, the Between Two Ferns movie on Netflix? Yes. So did, yes. do you remember in the credits when he was talking to yes. uh, Brie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was talking to Brie Larson. He said that you don't like awkward questions. So. Two-parter, is that true? And how old were you when you first got your period? <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> I don't know what's I don't know what's a funnier question from that movie, the when Zach Galifianakis asked uh, asked Brie Larson that, or when uh, John Legend asks him how it was. Oh, when punches into the stomach. Oh, because oh, yeah, oh yeah. If you haven't seen it, go see it. The other one he also asked Brie Larson was he asked her. Um, so when you were seven, your parents got divorced. Do you think that was your fault? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, oh, it's mean. Um, so when did you start getting a sense of, was there an age where you're like, I want to do this or be this? Because, I mean, David and I can speak for this. You go through a lot of that process growing up of like having a million things you see yourself as in the future. Like for you, what were those things and how did they oh, come Oh, man. Evolve? I mean, when I was like a little, little kid, I, I was... Weirdly enough, I was the kid who wanted to be the firefighter or the police officer or the nurse or like first responder. I want to be a hero, right? Then my mom took me to work with her one day um, and I saw a heart beating in an open chest and I almost threw up. So yeah, that's almost threw up, passed out, like head between the knees. My mom came back there and was like, ah, yes, you're like your father. Uh, yeah. So then I'm assuming that morphed into something maybe sports related. Well, so no, not really actually after, I mean, once I started doing, um, theater which was like middle school mm-hmm. I was like I'm gonna be an actor but like I wanted like Broadway I mean right. I liked movies and stuff and I totally would have done that too because you know money but I I like stage acting acting things like that um and that was sort of what I wanted to do, to do even through high school um graduated high school um and didn't really know what to do went to junior college still was kind of like I want to do acting but you don't have to get a degree in it it helps but you don't have to get a degree in it to do that so I wanted a degree in something else by the time I went to Mason I it's kind of weird I figured out I wanted to do journalism on the on the literal day I had to pick a major really yeah I sat down with the advisor she was like here's here's you know you've got to pick a major what do you want to do and I was like I don't know and she goes what are you good at and I was like talking (laughs) and she was like journalism and and she's like what do you like and I was like I mean I like sports and she's just like what about you know sport sport journalism and I sort of have broadened the horizons on that a little bit but so that that's the day I was like okay and you know taking the classes and you know I'd always liked writing and so it sort of just fell into place where did the love of theater come from so um my dad did do theater as well but like not not like I did like he did it more so like church stuff and like he he enjoys performance but not not to that same level I guess I've always just been like a ham. I mean, in surprisingly, um, in uh, what elementary school I was in the church choir and we were doing plays and you know I still go back to my home church and people still talk about them. Wow. I I, I was a prostitute and I didn't know it really, so that that's its own story. But I mean, oh, you were Mary Magdalene. <laughs> 
I was, well, no, it was, are you familiar with Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, so the the one that, like, tempts Joseph, like, Potiphar's wife. Yeah, that was was me, but I was eight years old, and it was a little bit modified for a kid version. I didn't know, but I killed it. I killed it. You know, it's funny, when I saw the new Aladdin, um, and I saw it with my friend Katie, we were watching, and the scene at the beginning where they're kind of going, I don't know if you've ever seen Aladdin. No, I haven't, ever. So, David, you've seen Aladdin. Not the new one. Let's okay. go. So, th- so when you've seen the old one at the beginning where they're doing the song of he's like running through trying to evade uh, the swordsman. Yes. And um, they go through at one point point. there's a room full of women and Katie goes to me and says, um, I'm glad they changed it in the new room because it's a brothel. And I went, oh, I never put two and two together on that one. I, and I was like, oh, obviously it was a brothel. That makes a lot of sense. But I was like, yeah, you can kind of see why for a kid's movie, maybe in 2019, they're like, let's, uh, let's switch this one up a bit. Less illusions. Yeah. So, well, it's because we have the internet now, so nothing is like yeah. nothing is secret. There is no secret knowledge anymore. That's true. Any kid can look it up. So yeah, David, what did you have like a dream like profession as a kid? I'm sure you did, but like, was there anything that stood out to you as a kid? <laughs> Honestly, no, not really. Um, I was not particularly interested in sports until I got to high school. Hmm. Um, I do remember that actually. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, you know. Like like Brittany, I'm good at talking, and I like talking, so I don't know. I've just I've always I've, I've, I'm not one for for a huge amount of foresight. I just kind of go just with it. Go well, and you, Brittany, have a not dissimilar story to me, David. Actually, uh, my good platonic friend Lusowitzki, uh, former guest on the show, was PFJ. PFJ, shout out. Was you went to Nova? Correct. And then. Kind of went to Mason, but was just. It took you. It took you a while to get where you wanted to go, just because of that, right? Like not like it took you longer than maybe you would have. Yeah, I mean, well, when I was at Nova, I wasn't going full time. I mean, I was working three jobs, yeah. and and it, it I felt sort of sidetracked at the time, but now I'm kind of grateful that I did have the time to, to figure it out. I mm-hmm. guess. Um, but I, I mean, I don't really see it as, as something detrimental. It, oh, but yeah. no, it was it was it was part time because I was I was working a ton. Well, and Dave, and Dave, I don't know if we've really gone into detail on this on the podcast, David. But tell Brittany sort of your timeline from when you graduated high school to graduate college, because there's a there's you know there's there's time. So, I graduated high school in 2008. Uh, I was I went to a private prep school in D.C. I was one of three kids from my graduating class who didn't go straight to college. There was myself who did AmeriCorps. Uh, I did AmeriCorps cool. for two years in D.C. Uh, there is uh, LJ, who got drafted in the third round LJ uh, by the Orioles. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, LJ Hose was a classmate of mine. Uh, and then there's Colin McKenzie Good, who's still in federal prison for gun charges. Good. Yes. Well, you know, we we all made our, something of ourselves in some way, shape, or form. Uh, you and LJ yeah, probably exactly. for the better. Um, but the, and we so, tried, you know. Yeah. I tried to make the world a better place. LJ tried to at least entertain the world. I think both have their merits. Um, you know, so, but bread and circus, bread and circus. Was your initial plan to have a two-year gap year? Two gap? Years? No, it was. It was. It was initially just going to be one. But uh, I really, I, I tremendously enjoyed what I was doing at the time, mm-hmm. and um, I was encouraged by my boss to interview for uh, a leadership position for the next year. I applied for one, got deferred for it, uh, so applied for a different one within the same organization and got it. Uh, And then went to college, so started college at 20, um, went in thinking that I wanted to be a teacher and saw that there was a lot of paperwork and logistical Mm -hmm. stuff that was going to sort of be in the way for me to do that. 
Um, and so just kind of bounced around and made... I had myself a little too much fun the first couple of years. Those things aren't what fun is all about. And then... Took, it took some involuntary time off and came back and, and, and got it done. And I was not dissimilar where I had a gap year after high school because my senior year of high school just mentally I, I kind of was burned out. Um, David knows this being around me for my entire life. I, that time period, not the... Well, I was I was too. Yeah, that's um, true. We both sort of... I, but for, I think for very different reasons. I think for me, a lot of my burnout came from the fact that I was in an environment that treated me like an other Yeah. in really sort of as many senses as can be possible for a, you know, a straight white dude from the suburbs. Yeah. You know, I was, I was lonely. Uh, I was isolated. I was not intellectually stimulated enough in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, whatever I, uh, I didn't have, I didn't fail out. I didn't fail out of college. Like a lot of my classmates did. Yeah. Close though. But it's still, you know, I, I felt the same way, but mine was self-imposed where I felt lonely and like an other, but because I was upset at myself, like I, I let myself go weight wise, personality wise, socially. And I was just like, man, I, I need to like figure stuff out. So I just did some part-time jobs, saved up some money and then went to Nova, which ended up being a, all this ended up being a blessing. In a, and we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, yeah. But Nova took a lot longer than it should have. Part of that was on me. Part of that was on them. Um, as I always say, they told me initially that a math an AB was either an a, a- IB or AP math credit. I can't remember. It was one of them. Would would work as a math credit in the community college? And I came in because yeah, it's, it's a, supposed to. If it's supposed to be like a three or better on the AAP. Well, and that's what I was like. Are they? I, I specifically asked, are you sure? Because this wasn't the hardest math class, and I wasn't sure. They're like, yeah, no, no, it's fine. And then two years later, in July, when I'm not checking my email, they said, by the way, your math credit is invalid. You'll have to take one. So when I was ready to transfer to George Mason, they said, wait, you're missing a math credit. So I ended up spending the fall of 2014 semester literally just taking one. The math for communication majors class. That was the extent of it. So... Nice. But then I went to Mason, and then, as you're at Mason, the story of how we met, it was the... Philosophy of law. Yes, which is ironic. We had to take a philosophy or a religion class. Yes, and both of us, we realized later, came to the same realization, which is this seems like the less, the least uninteresting or whatever class. The, 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 the most, most the interesting. Most applicable to the real yeah. world. Yes. Also because I was sort of like, okay, this stands out. So it's ironic we had similar goals and professions, but we knew each other from this offbeat. From this one single class? Yes. Yeah. No, I, I love that class. The teacher was brilliant. I killed it. Jack was all right. Yeah. Um, I accept that. <laughs> I mean, I told you this the other day. I remember like the final exam, there was like, it was 10 short answer questions or whatever. Yeah. And it was like, you can answer eight of the 10. And I answered all 10 because I knew all the answers. So. Yeah. So why not? Yeah. I also, um, so the funny thing is, again, in college. Da, college yeah, girl. Exactly. <laughs> now run home to your shock. I live in a house. Well, da, college girl. You happen just by the happenstance of life, happen to sit behind me in the class. And I was checking my phone one day, scrolling through. This is when I had a Twitter, and I was checking, and you saw the Giants logo, the San Francisco Giants logo. And I said, hey, and you asked me, are you a Giants fan? And I said, yeah. And we started talking, and this was the fall of 15. By that point, I had stopped watching because they were like 20 games out of the playoffs. But um, then you told me about how your brother knew Mac Williamson, who was on the Giants, because they played baseball together growing up. And so we just started talking, and then we sort of kept in, you know, we just kept in touch. 
And do you want to tell the story? Oh yeah, I, I, I want the story we, to happen. Oh yeah, no, we have to both tell the story. Okay. So this was a couple weeks after we sort of got to know each other, and then why don't you tell how you recall it? And okay. So there I was. Um, class it ended. Class it ended. I'm walking out. Actually, I feel like it'd be better if you tell it first. Well, so I realized when I met Brittany that Brittany was like, oh wow, she like knows way more about baseball than I am. Roots for the same team. You know, just objectively, you are a good-looking person. David, yeah. do you know the story? I'm I sure. don't believe I know the story. Well, well, you're about to know. I, I, th I think I, I think I'm, I'm putting together where things are. Going. Oh yeah, no, no, no. And Jack, how at, at this time, how were you on the girlfriend? Well, uh, let's see. I had never in my life asked a goose woman out on a date. Um, yes, and a goose egg in that department. So, so. I decide, you know what, Jack, you are really going to regret if you don't try something. If you don't just like be a gentleman, ask her something. So after class, I go up to Brittany and there was no great time to do this, but again, I had never asked anyone on a date before. So I was like, I, uh, there's, there's, it's, there's rarely ever like, I a good time for that first to ask time to somebody to go out with you. So I asked Brittany, I said, do you want to go get coffee? Well, at least then, at least, going into it. There never seems to be. Keep in mind, we're walking out the door. Yeah. And I'm like, like physically in the doorway. We were slightly oh, past Jesus. the door. Oh yeah. No, it wasn't correct. No, I, again, I look back and there were many things wrong with it. The funniest thing was I said, do you want to get coffee sometime? David, you know, I don't drink coffee. No, you don't. Brittany also does not drink <laughs> I'm, I am I am a recent convert to coffee within and the last two years so or so. Even you didn't drink coffee for a while. So this would make this doubly hilarious. Neither of us drinks coffee, and I was like, I was just. But like, you didn't know that. No, but I was like, this is what people who ask, ask. people on dates do. And you There's said, always tea. And I believe your exact words were, "I would rather drive my car off a bridge than go on a date with you." <laughs> or maybe I'm misremembering that. You're misremembering that. I'm gonna kill myself. No, you told me you had a boyfriend, but I was like, ah, you know what? And you know what I said? Well, I asked. Yeah. And I felt good about myself, and I, wa I didn't feel great about myself, because I was like, well, that probably made her uncomfortable, but I walked home saying, well, I gave it a shot. So yes, Brittany Morgan, one of my best friends and my coworker, was also the first person I ever asked out on a date, oh, four and a half years ago. Oh, I Did I, yes. I misremember the story? No, 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 no. I mean, I, like, so again, we're walking through the doorway and he turns and goes, do you want to get coffee sometime? Rush, yeah. rushed, yeah. very rushed. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm kind of bamboozled a little bit, uh, but I'm like, uh, I have a boyfriend. And then later Jack tells me like, at first he was like, oh, okay, she's got a boyfriend. Then later it was like, she probably didn't have a boyfriend. I did, for the yeah. record, yeah. have a boyfriend. And I wasn't offended at the time I thought you were blowing me off. I was like, eh, she had every right to blow me off. I wouldn't have, I wasn't, I just assumed they're like, well, maybe she wasn't, but she just didn't know how to answer it. I was like, okay, then yeah. But so even after the class ends, we kind of keep in touch. I, again, this was me not being so comfortable I didn't want to make you feel uncomfortable, so I didn't want to keep blowing up your phone. Um, you know, I text you occasionally about giant stuff, but I was, yeah, you know, I didn't I was like, I remember you. certain gifts of Lucille. Yes, uh, the Lucille who, David, if you've never seen Lucille, the, uh, the giant's mascot, it's a seal mm. that wears baggy hip hop clothing from the early 2000s and a backward star like starter cap or fitted cap. It's yeah! it's it's the second best mascot. It's modeled it's modeled after E40, obviously. It actually is. That's a great reference, Brittany. I wish you got that reference. <laughs> and I remember sending you like a congratulations text when we graduated because I didn't walk, but you walked. We graduated the same day. And you yeah. should have. Well, you came down to my graduation. I did, and I was much happier to be at your graduation than my own. Um, Brittany, can you tell the story of Mason's graduation? Because this actually bothered me. So, 
Well, I was I was super overwhelmed and kind of freaking out that day, so I was in a really not great mood. But like, cause I was nervous and all that. But no, like I, the audio was very bad in the Patriot Center, RIP Eagle Bank Arena, um, to the point that and in college I took sign language, and there was a sign language interpreter there, and I knew what was being said because I was watching the interpreter, <laughs> and like I could barely hear. The acoustics were terrible. Yeah. And then when you got to the stage, there wasn't alphabetical oh, order. That's right. Yeah, you you uh, you wrote your name on a card, and the you handed the card to the person. The person read the card. Theoretically, oh. uh, David, theoretically, he could have he could have graduated as Megatron. I could have Doctor J Selby DFA. I could have done anything. Well, okay, no, you couldn't have done that. Okay, well they probably because they would have known that. They would have smelled yeah. a rat. Yeah, yeah but I was sure. just like Julius Irving yeah. Selby DTFP. I did actually make, I was made Brittany aware of the Dr. J nickname reference. So we're picking up on graduate yeah, basketball sure. steps. Um, but yeah, no, so I was like, I was okay with not walking. But then we, so we kind of stayed in touch. And I remember somehow became friends on Facebook. I'm, I'm saying somehow because like you had made it so that if you don't have mutual friends, you yes. can't friend you. Somehow I got to be your friend. I don't know how, but you know, regardless who were. And you made an impression. I did. And you posted because, was that, you had started working for the Nats by that point, right? Yes. Yes. Um, I was, uh, my senior year of college, I was working for the Nats, yeah. So then when that season ended and they lost to the Cubs in the first round, right? Cubs, game five, NLDS. You posted a Facebook, you made a Facebook post about how you had a great season. And I just said, hey, saw the post. I wanted to, you know, I, I didn't have any idea that you were doing that, but I said, hey, congrats. You know, happy you were able to do that. Thanks. And somehow we just sort of realized that we both had the same interest in a profession. Yeah. And I remember... It was like maybe a couple days later, you sent me an unprompted text, and I realized, oh, we might actually have a friendship, <laughs> like a real, actual, legit friendship. I'm there. kind of a little disheartened about how intimidated you were. It wasn't you. It was again, as like and David. It's, it's entirely Jack. Oh yeah, and David <laughs> can vouch for this, knowing me for 27, almost 28 years. It was purely a me thing. But I, the last thing I wanted to do, since I'd already made you super uncomfortable once by <laughs> if I rushed asking you on a coffee date, well, yeah, was trying to like force a French, like, force a round peg into a square sure. peg. That didn't peg, make sense. yeah. Double peg. Lots of pegs, okay. And two, okay. So just go, just go, just go, just talk. So much peg. We realized that we had, like, a genuine, oh, we actually are very similar people. We have dumb senses of humor about the same things. Uh, I wanted, I, I had an inkling of an idea of, oh, I might want to do this as a profession. I had no idea. I, I had no, like, all I know was like, hey, I want to go to California. And all I had was the sun to guide me there. I had no map, no GPS, no coordinates. I was just like, I would like to be involved in broadcasting somehow. And then I realized, oh, Brittany is doing the exact same thing. And started talking about that. And so by this point, it's late 17, early 18. What progress had you made sort of realizing, okay, I want to get involved in the world of journalism, broadcasting, stuff like that? Well, in 18, I, late 17, early 18, I just put together a demo reel. Mm -hmm. So I started sending it out to like every small market station ever. I'm like, this is going to be really difficult. So I said, and, and I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. When did you also know this was kind of the direction I want to go with my life? Uh, probably again, like in college when I was taking the journalism classes, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I could do this. Okay. Like, um, and I'd always, like, liked journalism. I didn't watch the news for fun or anything. But, no. like, so it just sort of built on on that one day in college, really. Um, and so I put a demo reel together and started spewing it out. 
Uh, I probably applied to like 30 different places. I heard back from three, such as the life of, you know, journalism. Got the, got, eventually got offered the job here in Parkersburg. And so... that was May, right? That was, I got offered in March. Okay. They were gracious enough to let me, because I had two jobs at the time. They were gracious enough to let me finish my April schedule, because I'd already had that. Mm -hmm. Um, I was offered early to mid-March. Okay. And then I was, I was out here early May, yeah. Yeah. And then what was your sort of first impression of the job when you got the job. And, oh, yeah. I felt in over my head. I mean, as far as like just general broadcasting terms, I didn't know them. I didn't know how to use the camera. I didn't know how to do anything. Um, but I learned really quickly and every opportunity, like the stuff that I was scared to do, I, I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I faced the fear kind of th- like, I, I'm not really scared to fail. I'm scared to not have tried. And I mean, I think that goes back to the childhood thing with like just having my dad around and that's just the kind of person he is. But so I grew really, really fast and started, you know, getting more responsibility at the station and stuff because I was so hungry. Um, but no, I started and I was like, oh, geez, what the heck am I doing? And how was it? Because you're like me, you had been with your parents, your whole, lived with your parents your whole life. How was that as an adjustment? I don't think I'm ever going to forget when they drove away from here. Really? Yeah. They, they dropped me off and... Uh, my mom like cried. My dad cried. Mm. My dad cried a lot. Um, but they, you know, they drove down the street and I was like walking up the stairs to this apartment and I was like, what the heck? Like, what the heck? I, you know, why, why can't I be happy just being normal and ordinary? And why do I have to have big dreams and like, like just, you know, down on myself. And I was like, what the heck? And then as I'm walking up the stairs, my parents call me and they're FaceTiming me and they're like, hi. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like crying. And it was, it was, it was hard to be away from everything I know. Well, and David, you, to the best of my recollection, you were sort of different where you were like 18, like you really wanted to be able to branch out and do your own thing. So eight, uh, the first, the first AmeriCorps year, I lived with my folks. Mm-hmm. I was not ready to, I was not ready in any semblance to like live on my own, do anything on my own. 19, so the second year I moved out, sort of, I came home every weekend to do laundry, but you know when the only option for laundry is the laundromat across the street that costs four fifty for a load. I'm good. We can we can sort of vouch for that. Yeah, I mean yeah. our our I would pay for it, but they're yeah. not good. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. the, the problem with ours. Not, like, it's not, it's a reasonable price, but it's like uh, not, it was not good. Four fifty four fifty for a load is not even a, a reasonable price. Uh, no, it's not. Ours is somewhat reasonable. It's like two a load. Yeah. Yes. I don't know what it is. I haven't done it here in forever. So I was home a lot, but I was you know, I had my own place. I did my own grocery shopping. I ate out five nights a week. So I, I, I had sort of some time on my own and then when I moved when I moved into my dorm in college, my folks were going on vacation. So like I didn't even get to bring all of the stuff that I wanted. Ah. So like I had to like, all right, this is what you're gonna have for like a couple of months. Yeah. Then you know, we'll come we'll come bring stuff down to you later. But like my parents went on vacation after dropping me off at college. <laughs> if that's not the meanest thing I've ever heard in my life, I don't know what it is. Oh, it's just my like my mom called me a couple my mom called me like two days later. She's like, Oh, you know, your father and I are just sitting on the beach doing oh. this and I'm like, Yeah, hey, thanks, Mom. That's I'm in a great. dorm room with somebody I don't really know. We've been planning this day for years, David. It sounds pretty so, much yeah. just so mean. Pretty much. And then I think when I moved into my first house for for real house I think my folks were both at the point where they were just like, dope. Like, you've got your college house. Yeah. You're not coming home often. Yeah. And and I think you kind of, I mean, we talk, you, you hit that point at some point where it's like, it's harder, but you get to a point where it's like, okay, I, I'm on my own and 
realizing that I could drive home in five hours was really helpful. Yeah. Um, the first job that actually like reached out to me before I got this one, um, they passed on me, but the first interview I got was Bakersfield, California. Yeah, and I'm like, man, if <laughs> I was hit, if I was yeah. in Bakersfield, also, California, small market, what? Bakersfield, I feel like, I feel like Bakersfield's like a big city. Market 120. Yeah. And for comparison, Parkersburg's 193, four, 194. Four, yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's a low mid market, um, but yeah, that's I would consider it low. I mean, anything yeah. under a hundred, I consider yeah. low. But. but so yeah, that to your point, and I, we had talked about it when it was going on. And selfishly, I was like, obviously, as your friend, I'm gonna root for you to get the job. But yeah. Selfishly, I was like, man, Bakersfield. Like, I, I, I couldn't visit her. I wouldn't. I wasn't that. heartbroken. I yeah. mean, I but yeah. it was it was good practice. I mean, for all I know, the what I learned from that interview helped me get this one. So yeah. I'm it. It is what it is. And did, was it any cultural adjustment to Parkersburg? I mean, yeah. I, I think there's cultural adjustment when you move pretty much anywhere. True. It, it, smaller people. Uh, the people here, when you don't know them, they say hi to you. <laughs> like they treat you? Yeah, I know. They, I, I, the I, fuck I, is that? I know. I know. I'm still not really used to it. Like people wave at each other and I do like the weird, awkward, like me, smile without you, showing your teeth. Can you tell the story of when that happened with you and your sure, dad? Sure. Yeah. So I was actually out here for the interview and my dad came out with me and we stayed at a hotel that was really close to the station and we parked at the parking lot next to the hotel and we were walking our stuff in and there's, you know, just this guy, he's walking down the street he says hi to me. I'm walking in front of my dad. I give this disgusted look. <laughs> and I'm like, who the heck are you? Why are you talking to me? Who the hell is that asshole? My dad behind me says hi. Then he catches up with me to my side and goes, okay, if you get this job, if you're going to live here, you can't do that. Yeah. Like people here say hi to each other. Like they're nice. You need to be <laughs> nice. And he goes, especially if people are going to eventually know who you are, yeah. you you need to be nice. Yeah. So. Well, it was a good lesson. So you started again as a, would you start as the weekend reporter? I started as the weekend MMJ, only yeah. reporter on the weekends. Yes. Um, and then knocked it out of the park. I mean, from what I saw, heard, recollected of, everyone had the same opinion of it, which was, you know, great. You build up. When did you start feeling like, oh, I'm, I know this stuff. I'm good at this stuff. Because I know um, you said you mentioned early on, and we all go through it. Like the, I'm, is this I'm, what I want to do? Yeah, yeah. And I'm in over um, my head. I, I'm like, three months in. Yeah, it didn't take long. I mean, I did my first live shot less than a month in. It wasn't great, but I realized you I did didn't it. die. You did it. Yeah, yeah, I realized I didn't die, and then from then on out, I kind of got more fearless, which means I got way better. And no, about three months in, I was like, okay, like, yeah, I, I'm good at this. And so let's flash forward to, it's kind of the mid end. Of, it's like what June 2019, July. I know you get offered. Yeah, in July. yeah, yeah. So you get offered the role of the morning anchor because the previous morning anchor is leaving. Did you have any trepidation about that? A little trepidation means scaredness or re as a reservation. Yeah, okay. either like hmm, I, like the job itself or just like my. I, I guess at that point you're like I can do this because you filled in as an. Yeah, yeah. Before. No, I knew I could do it. I mean, I I didn't feel great about the um, about the teleprompter. Like I think reading is hard. Yeah. I I was the kid at school who was terrified to read out loud, like read the paragraph out loud, which is just ironic, but. Um, which, you know, irony, not just a... It's not just how iron tastes. Exactly. Yeah. It's not just how iron tastes. I heard that joke today for the first time and I thought it was hysterical. She, she thought, um, David, she's like one of two people that actually enjoyed that joke for me. So I thought it was really good. Anyway, so no, I, I thought that <laughs> reading was scary. 
so like I mean I was nervous about that I was also because at the time I was it was sort of the more the weekend anchor job so reporting three days a week and anchoring on the weekends was also kind of like up for grabs yeah. and it was like well you can have the one that you want meanwhile another station is also like reaching out to me to be a reporter for yeah. their station and I'm like Oh gosh. Like it was just a lot at once. I remember, um, the day that I found out that the previous morning anchor was leaving, I was so stressed out. I came home and cleaned the bathtub. That's a way. Scrubbed the bathtub. So usually my stress relief is just watching television, but I mean, whatever works. I I was, I, I needed to do something, but I I I know that, I I know that, I know that, that stressful energy for me, it usually manifests in like, all right, well, um, I'm about to make three quarts of pasta sauce. Mm. Okay. There you go. So I can't cook. So there's, you know, but we all have our things. That yeah. was one of the yeah. things that my my folks that first year where I was at home, my mom was like, "All right, you're gonna you're gonna learn how to cook." Bless like, your mom. My mom always said I should, and I was just like putting it off because I was like, and yeah, no. Brittany can really attest. It takes me a long time to learn stuff, and I knew this is gonna be a lot of trial and error, and I just mm-hmm. I was like, I can survive. Yeah. My my folks were like, "Get good." Well, and now it's it's definitely benefiting you long term because you yeah, I would now I would I would say and. I know my folks listen to this. I would say I'm the best cook in the family. That is, wow. That is impressive. Um, and then you, but you accepted ultimately like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be the morning. It, it goes back to the fearless thing. Like the, the, I run head first into, into yeah. the things that scare me. And again, like learning the teleprompter, I'm like, I'm never going to get good at this unless I just do work it. two hours a day with it. Yeah. So and you, go. and, and like you said, like if you're, you're one of the things you said about the other station was, I don't feel like I'm going to get the chance to work on the things I'm not great at. Well, yeah, the other the other station, the news director, and, and very nice guy. I mean, they, they were nice. They just didn't seem like the right fit. And so, but he told me, like, I use people for their strengths, which, you know, is a good thing to say as a boss. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, I'm never going to be an anchor there yeah. because that's not yeah. my strength. And I want to, I want to be a utility player in every sense of the word. I mean, I, less than a year in, I was... I was anchoring, I was reporting, I was producing, I was doing the weather. You want to plug, you want to plug and play. Exactly. Yeah. So so I was like, if you don't, like, I, I knew I wasn't going to anchor there because it was my weakest thing. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Plus, the morning show here, you get a lot more room to be, It you know, our evening shows are primarily the ones that are, they're, they're straight news and they should be. That's, yeah. You know, and it's, and it's, it's as much news as fast as it can The morning, get, sh- what's yeah, so important about the morning show, and obviously a big reason they wanted you to do it is what you exude, your personality, and because we have some stuff that we can kind of tinker with that's a little looser, they want someone who's good off the cuff and very personable. And they knew, I'm sure they knew by that point, you and Thomas were great friends and could work together really well in that environment. And so that ended up being great for it. Yeah, I mean, I think that the few times I'd filled in, they were like, okay, well, we know who's on deck. Yeah, and so you took it, it's been, is it crazy that it's been almost a year? Yeah. Yeah. Because I still sometimes feel like I'm filling in. Yeah. And now it's you've been here a full year. And then I, I eventually, the producer role for the morning show opened up. And, you know, I, I at this point I was trying to go through my lumps of like, okay, get a demo reel, figure all this out, figure out what I want to do. And that role came up. And initially I had turned it down because I just wasn't sure and the hours are, are wonky and all that. And I took a couple of days and I said, wait, why wouldn't I do that job? It's a producer job. You know, and I thought like I produced this podcast. It's different. It's completely different, but it's like, I, I have a mind for it. You know, it's, it's same game, different level. Yeah. You know, one, you know, but 
and I thought about or like or like D three, and you're like, yeah. you know, uh, Belarusian national soccer. Yes, that's a great analogy for Brittany, who loves soccer. Yeah, it's yeah. a hobby. It, yeah, she, she says that to Thomas just because he loves soccer. Um, so I got then I was like, no, I'll, I'll let me put my hat back in this ring, and I'm so glad I did. One because at that time you, this apartment complex got another room available, which yeah. is right by the station, and I was like, okay. and it's a really nice. It's really nice for again six hundred bucks a month for you know David. Nine hundred and fifty square feet. Yeah, it's like yeah. Hey, sorry, you know. It's it's beautiful. It is. Um, I'm paying. Three, I, I'm paying. I'm paying 33% more for a bedroom with a Juliet balcony and a bathroom that I share. The rent is too damn high. Mm. Not ideal. But I have off-street parking, and it's for, and it comes with a rent. Oh, congratulations! I had to. God, I had to pay what ten dollars for my for the year, year for yeah. the yearly parking outside of our building. God, what a ugh, just hammering away at the wallet. Um, you, uh, the last building that I lived in. You want to know what my what my monthly would have been? If oh, I the one that I went to a bunch. Street parking. Oh God, in that place in DC, uh, that had to go in the hundreds. If I'm being generous. Hundred. Okay. Hundred and fifty. But okay, so fifty a month. So fifteen times what I'm paying for parking. It sounds like, if my math is correct, not ideal. Um, more. So yeah, more than more than that. Uh, well, we'll check the math on that later. I'm not a mathematician. So. I, He's wrong. I, I got... It's irrelevant. I got this job and very much growing pains, similar to you. And I knew that because, like... And David knows. I, I really struggle to learn. Like, it, it is a genuine brain learning some disability of some type, like, and... You've spent too much time memorizing baseball stats. <laughs> yes, that is true. Your brain's uh, just too full. Yes. Um, so, I... It was really hard... But once I got the hang of it and I started producing and maybe kind of my third weekend of producing the newscast, I went, oh, I can do this. And they were the shows were pretty good. And then I got more comfortable. And then a couple months in, I'm like, oh, we're, you know, like just normal stuff. I can do that. And then, you know, the biggest, you know, a global pandemic hits and I'm not worried about getting the show together. And, and there was an instance in... I think it was late March where we, huh. we yeah. So, so what happened? Like you remember the details of it more. Long story short, the station gets hit by lightning. Yeah. Um, no, this is before the lightning. Oh, you're talking about the power going out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, the power goes. We'll tell the lightning. Station, we will tell the lightning story though too. Okay, so basically, and these things happen within a week of each other. But um, our our station runs on a generator. If all of our computers turn off, we lose a lot of memory a lot of a lot of saved things um the people were working on our generator they they switched the wrong switch our power went off basically so the system that we build the the newscast in didn't work so we we kind of had to like i mean we could get the script and the teleprompter that's about it so the day of the show because this happens at like 10 a.m you, yeah. So so Brittany for so Brittany does wake up in daybreak, which is five thirty to seven. But then you and Thomas also do the noon to noon thirty telecast. Yeah. We lose everything. Yeah. So the new there's no noon. There's no five o'clock. There's no ten o'clock on the Fox affiliate. We there's just a six, which was rough. I mean, just like and it it's no and it's no one's and it's no one's and it's no one's fault. It just it happens. Like yeah. the six was really rough. The eleven was okay, but problems. So we come in the next morning, and it's and our news director told me, okay, we can't do our five thirty to six show because that relies on, you know, green screen graphics. We can't do it. Okay, 
So we're just doing six to seven. We don't have graphics. We have kind. We we have video at least, but we aren't able to do a lot with it. Right. Um, we aren't able to. Ma- I like my job at least certainly before the pandemic was. You can kind of edit the show as it goes for timing purposes. We can't do that. So we're just like. It's kind. Of, it's blind. It, it's really just throw the show in. And, and you can attest this. In I the was, words of Bill. Yeah. Fuck we, it, we'll do it live. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Bill O'Reilly. Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! And we just said, we did, we said fuck it, we'll do it. We put our stuff in and I remember, you remember this, I was excited because I was yeah, like, he this, was pumped. this was like, let's get, let's prove to them we can do this. And I remember that show specifically, the six to seven. The show not only went fine, but we came in on time. Like we didn't, like for a show where we couldn't edit anything on time. So if, if we were kind of like over what we were supposed to, we kind of were out of luck. Show was perfect on timing. And I remember thinking, we just knocked that out of the, we got thrown a curveball and knocked that out of the park. And I was so happy thinking that's the last time we'll have an error where we lose power and are unable to get on huh, the air. Probably a week later. The week later. We get struck by lightning. Yeah. And. Again, like we can't do the first half hour for some reason. I yeah. honestly, these two bleed together in my so head. So I, what I remember about the second time with the lightning, first of all, was that Thomas was doing a Facebook live. Oh and yeah. The about the struck, severe weather. And the station got struck by lightning and you just see his genuine in time reaction. And the best part is we got it at the end of, like as we were He was very up. startled, yeah. Yeah, and it was great. We're thinking, think, have you all been near lightning when it strikes? Because it is a harrowing experience. No, that was one of the first, I in Falls Church a few times. But this one struck basically either near our satellite dish or around it, and it hit the dish. Like we we looked, like Brittany and I looked at each other, like whoa. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. it was. So scary. I, I had I had an experience like that with sailing camp. We were tying boats up in a storm. Uh, we're walking off the we're walking off the dock after we've gotten everything tied up. We're maybe 120 feet from from this uh, boat that just gets boom hit by lightning. Mm. All of our hair we're like we're all soaking wet and our hair for all of us is standing up on end. And boom goes the dynamite. We still got hit. Like we still felt the charge. Like it That no, you're right. When you feel and hear lightning, it is a that's a that's a come to God moment where you're like, oh okay. like, like yeah. you you go it's almost like like, I don't know, for for playing, you know, Call of Duty and all those video games. It's like hitting it's like getting hit with a flash grenade. Like <laughs> the the noise is disorientingly loud and it is insanely bright. Yeah. That was similar to us and we both and the funny thing was we assumed like, okay, we can't get on the air. We knew, we realized right before 5.30 we can't get on the air. And we were planning, okay, maybe we do something on the Facebook page where we just we read through some of the stories. I do traffic, Thomas does weather. We get word at I think 5.58, we're going on the air at 6 o'clock. Like we're kind of not, we're ready, but we're not ready. Yeah, exactly. Again, fuck it, we'll do it live. We did it. And then we had one small issue at the beginning with one of our videos. And other than that, the show went off without a hitch. And I was just like, man, we just had two of those happen and we, we did it well. And that was another weird one. That one was even weirder because, again, we were kind of not, we were in limbo. One, at least the first show, we were like, okay, we know what to do. This one was like, maybe we'll be on the air. Maybe we won't be on the air. But that's part of the adrenaline rush of doing this job is like, yeah, It's the part that reminds me of theater. I was like, I, yeah. I'll do it. I'll do anything. Yes. I'll do it. I'll do it. I, I do want to ask you just to backtrack a bit. Can you tell David that you, what your experience was like training? Because again, you had a lot of dreams as growing up. What was it like training to, at one point to be a professional wrestler? 
Just what? Because I've always been. I almost did that in my life, and was curious, like what it feels like to take bumps, what it, all that stuff. It hurts. Yeah. Um, because because I was doing it wrong. It's um. It's full contact. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, and that's that's what they told me at the school. They're like, oh, people will tell you this is fake, and you'll say you can't fake gravity. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's true. I mean, it's it. I saw it as athletic acting. Yeah. And so I went and I tried it, and I got beat up pretty bad. And then I was like, uh, not for me. But I mean, it. It was, it was... Yeah, I, I can't imagine taking a bump, but it would have been a regular Multiple, party. yeah. There and was, I had bruises down my back, I had bruises on my side. Like, again, I was doing it wrong. But so, sign me up. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like so much fun. No, if you're, if up. you do it correctly, I'm sure it's, but again, yeah. I was, I was not doing it right. You would have nailed being an act, because again, you had theater training and it's athletic theater. You would have... Man, I should have stuck with it. You should have, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're going to be great in this business, but think about what you could have been. But what I could have been now, yeah. Yeah, exactly. What is the most fun part of the job for you? Jeez. Yeah. Oh. That's or, a really or what are question. some of your, or even then, what are some of your favorite moments from anchoring the morning or the job in general? I mean, I I, I enjoy the challenge of, of reading the prompter. I mean, that's not my favorite thing, but I do enjoy that. Um, Thomas and I were were close before before I even got in that spot. So getting and like David, I don't know if you know who Thomas is, and I don't know if you know, um, like I don't know if you've ever seen him do the weather. Okay. Um, He's really good. No, he's, he's way too good to be here. He's exceptionally good at he's, what he does. He's legitimately outstanding, and it's it's an honor to be on TV with him every day. I agree. He's he's witty. He's quick. He's funny. He's brilliant. Yeah. He's like he's great. Yes. Um, being on TV with him makes me better every single day. Um, now that you're in and you've got the rhythm of things, when you realize like something trips me, and then you fix it, like and it's 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 your hyper awareness to the things that don't make me look good and you fixing them to make me look good. That's again, that's a huge blessing just as far as just getting through 90 minutes of, yeah. of a single anchor show, which is, that's a lot. It is. Um, yeah. but it's, it's that's been a lot of FaceTime. Yeah, it is. But luckily I got a nice face. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's one of the blessings. Um, but no, like I think right now, like the form, you know, our morning director, He's, he's terrific. He's hysterical. He's yeah. very, very good. The way he frames shots, I'm like, oh, yes, yeah. I love the way you framed that shot. And he's like, calm down. Um, but it's just, I feel please, like. Please, please, mise en scène. Oh, you fancy, huh? Just the group right now. Like, yeah. it's, it's, and I get excited when, like, one of the reporters does a really good package. Like, when they go live and they kill it. Like, that makes me excited. I think probably my favorite thing right now, I guess, is transforming from the person who didn't know anything to being the person now who teaches people. Yeah. And that was so, a gradual thing, yeah. In a sports term, you are the, you know, to, to, to make it local and topical for D.C., you are what uh, Geraldo Parra was for the Nationals. Yes. You, like, More talented. Yeah, I was like, I mean, I didn't get traded away. No, 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 no. He didn't get traded away. He no, was free agent. He, he got cut. So he got cut by, uh, right, by, by, the, by the Giants. Yeah, but Brittany's more. Regardless. Brittany would be like this clubhouse. I was going to say he won a World Series here. Yeah. He, but give, he, give he, us something. If, um, if. If, if Gerardo Parra was talented and a good clubhouse presence, Brittany is absolutely both of that. You're also as good as Anthony he was, Rendon. He was the clubhouse presence for the Nationals. Right, but I'm, so Brittany has his clubhouse presence and Anthony Rendon's ability. That's like a nice combination to have. Um, but yeah, no, so I, I, I felt... Swinging for the fence. I, I felt the same way where I came in and I just realized I was going to save her every day because I was like, oh, I work with... I mean, again, getting to work with one of my best friends is great, but... I work with an anchor who is truly great at what she does. I work with a weatherman who, 
like you mentioned, alluded to. I kind of wish people could understand how good he is at things that aren't even weather related. He knows every in and out of the station, of the production, of. We don't you, deserve him. Right. He is. As I said this morning, he's overqualified to be here, and I mean that in the best way. Like he, he. Is I mean, so great saying someone's overqualified is absolutely a compliment. Yeah. Sometimes it's an English compliment, but it's still a compliment. a compliment. Yeah. And our director, like you mentioned, is so fun to be around. I miss being with him in the back because he he's does so fun, and he's, and he's also really very talented. Yeah, and. I was just like, man, for a morning crew at a station in a low market, I was like, this is, you couldn't ask for a better group of people to work with. So I, I feel blessed every morning. I'm like, this is great. It's why I don't, it, so I, after my my sister got married on a Sunday, and I know David, like you and Bethany had to leave early because it was a Sunday and Bethany had worked the next day. She's a teacher. Uh, so did I. Yeah, and so did you. And I was like, I left my sister. married on a Sunday. It was, it was cheaper. It's cheaper. It is cheaper. So I leave the wedding, the wedding ends, ends at like eight. And I'm just, one, it's easier than driving an hour back to my house and getting my stuff and going home. But I was also just like, I kind of just want to go in. I just, this was early November. I only just started. He had the day off. I I had the day off and I was like, no, I kind of want to go in. I came in probably around two, maybe. And I just helped you. He he took over producing. And I was just like. I was like, okay. (laughs) And and I was just like, no, I want to do this. I like this. And I don't know that if I'd have that same energy if it wasn't people that I wanted to be around and work with. And. I want to thank you for that because you play a huge part in that. And that's amazing. No. And, and I also want to ask too, um, you know, on a more serious note, uh, how are you doing without baseball? Uh, it's hard. It's, but it's I, I mean, I, I think part of it, I do find a little bit of solace knowing that like the playoffs last year were really hard for me to watch because at the time Jack wasn't fully trained yet. So I was producing. So I was in at midnight. It was a lot of like, I'll take a nap, then I'll check the game. Then I'll take yeah. a nap, then I'll check the game. Cause like, I, I didn't want to flip my schedule entirely because then I would have had to flip it back entirely whenever he was um, ready to go. But no, I I mean, I miss it. I know I wouldn't be able to watch as many Giants games. I know. I mean, it's... That's the... That is the... This would be the first... One of the first years... I mean, you actually started in the middle of last year, but like... You're asleep by seven o'clock. Something you might not yeah. even see NAS games. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't get to watch very many games. And, and going from someone who would watch literally every Giants game, when I was home, I would watch every yeah. single game. What is your favorite Giants memory? Oh, Michael Morse. Michael Morse hitting that home run against the Cardinals. Game it, five. Travis Ishikawa will always be remembered for that. But Morse hitting the home run in the eighth when they're down a run. Yeah. He pinch and hits. The, and pinch hit home run. One one. Yeah, no, that's that's. David, do you remember Michael Morris? Yeah, I was gonna say. So yeah. you remember? And he had his best years with the Nats. Ta- do you remember Take on Me? Oh, who yeah, of forget? course I remember Take on Me. Who could forget? Of course I remember Take what on Me. What a man. Um, yeah, no, my favorite giant memory is I got to see Barry Bonds play in person, which I know David will, you know. I'm. <laughs> he's being polite. Um, no, I I just was like, wow, I get to see Barry Bonds play. He hit a homer at Camden Yards. Also, my um. I didn't go to this game, but on my brother's birthday in 2005, he had just gotten back from injury. And this was after all the accusations had really come out. Like, people were really not liking Barry Bonds. My brother, my mom, my dad go to the game. I had, like, theater homework, so I stayed home to study, which was stupid. Um, I really regret that decision. You are stupid, man! He hits a homer that goes halfway up the upper deck in RFK Stadium. And as my dad tells the story, there's an older black gentleman who turns to him and just goes, you came to see him, didn't you? And it was just like, yeah, he hit a ball 480 feet into the upper deck. It's just the coolest thing ever. 
So my favorite Giants movie. Yeah, yeah. In, a, in an almost sea level stadium. Yeah, it's also okay. true. Like it's a big okay. boy. It's a big boy home run. Um, I would say my favorite Giant memory might be the either Game Seven in 2014 or the Giants win. Probably them winning in 2010 because that was like that team was so fun and I just was like. Oh. I can't believe I didn't think of the 2014. But but I mean the first one that came to mind was was the childlike joy of Michael yeah. Morse running the right. bases. So I I'll, I'll stick the with that. The childlike joy I've had watching the Giants is such a great moment, and uh, I hope that they can play soon. Who knows? It, literally by the time we're done editing this podcast, we're recording on Friday. If this comes out, you know, in a couple of days, we might know if there's a season or not. We don't know right now. Not if the not if the owners keep doing, doing no. This doing. this is a fun. This is the fun. This is like. David, do you remember the Zacks, the Dr. Seuss book, the North Going Zacks and the South Going? This basically is a nice battle of the Zacks right now, and it's just like this I, is. Great. I, 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 I side. I'm with you. I side more with the. I side more with the players, but it's still I like. Mean, that's the thing. I, I, I. This is maybe the one soapbox I'm, I'm going to try and get on. Yeah. The only one. I'm, the only one I'm going to really gonna like step up to. American fans side with owners way too much, and that's just preposterous to me. I don't like it when they do it when players leave. Because I'm like, you know what? Players, like, you know, like, teams will trade you if they think you're an asset. Players should be yeah. able to leave the same thing. I feel the exact same exactly. way. Exactly. So, yeah. Know your worth. So You have a limited window in which you can make the most amount of money possible. Get your Chase money. that check. So, Chase that check. Brittany, I have one kind of final question, then we'll go into one segment. What is your dream? What's your goal? And I know it's a loaded question, but like, what's your dream? What's your goal? What do you even foresee for yourself? Without getting like too like deep into myself and be yeah. like, well, my real dream is I just want to be happy. Yeah. Um, I want to make a lot of money. All right, John Lennon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. Um. So I ideally I'd like to work at MLB Network. I mean, I would I would love that. All baseball, all the time. That would be incredible. You know, no no chasing house fires, no chasing car accidents, all that stuff. But at the same time, I've really enjoyed the personality driven television work as well so i could see myself being happy in a high level market doing doing television yeah. like whether it's morning anchoring or hosting or or sports or i i guess my i i'm i'm not sure i need to make i need to make good money um yeah, yeah. reasonable i want to be i want to be close to my family um also reasonable but yeah. i i I don't have a very good answer for you right now. No, that's a reasonable thing. Say, you, you know, you just actually gave an exact answer. I want to work at this specific place, and I want to be close to family and happy and make money. That's a very yeah. Reasonable. I don't have that option. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, my parents retired and moved. To, mm. he, they moved to an I island just, off of I, Portland, Maine. How about that? Yeah, so it's pretty sweet. <laughs> to get, I believe their it's words pretty, were to get as far cool. away from David on the East Coast as possible. Was their exact wording, if I recall correctly? Yeah, it's, well, they could have gotten further, yeah, but then they true. would have lived in, like, Presque Isle. Yeah, exactly. So they're like, this is still reasonable, but David will have a hard time they have seeing an air, They have an airport within, you know, a reasonable driving yeah. distance. But they have to take, like, a 40-minute ferry to get back to Portland mainland. Mm. So it's, like, it's a nice retirement community. I'll say that. All right. <laughs> it's, it's nice. It's nice. Uh, they're old. Um, David, before we go, I think it's time for a Stump the Slob with Brittany, right? Oh, All right, Stump it. So, Stump the Slob is our trivia segment that we do, usually oh, with gosh. David. That's why it's named as such. Uh, okay. do, you, do you remember Stump the Schwab from ESPN? No, sure don't. Well, that's unfortunate. Okay. All right. This is even better, you're though. Missing, you're not missing much. It was, okay. it was you know, I am, I am at my most slovenly as I've been in, in the last few weeks. Yeah, I've been you have grown the beard. I've actually been shaving the beard. Yeah. Um, now you're growing it up. For, for COVID, it, just because a damp face mask is very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. Would it make you happy to let you know that I feared it? The, the beard? Or? <laughs> Fear the beard. I mean, 
I appreciate Brian Wilson and all he did to bring the machine into the limelight. Ah, the machine. Yes. That's the machine, Chris Rose. What do you mean? That's the machine. God. Yeah, what are you you worried about? Don't worry about it. I don't remember if I told you. It's just here. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, Kind of embarrassing moment. All star last year. I'm walking, about to go in the players, like to go, you know, yeah. in the in the media room. And I walk. I'm walking, and I look, and I make eye contact with Chris Rose, and I say, "That's Chris Rose." And Chris Rose sees me say, "That's Chris Rose," and I felt kind of embarrassed about it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's it. But that would have been funny if you pointed and say, "That's Chris Rose." I mean, no, I was pointing. I, I did. I was like, "Oh, that's Chris Rose." It was weird. I did that to Brooks like. He's a soccer player. Brooks like is a soccer no. player. Oh, hi, Washington Capitals. 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 Married, married to Julianne Huff from. So you think you can dance or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dancing I interviewed stars. her brother, right. yeah. Yeah, he's married, to, he's married to her, I think. I don't know, but I, I, I bumped into him at a Nats game. I'm just like, I'm walking into the walking into Nats park. Oh, and he I told the story, yeah, yeah. I just hear a very, I just hear a very Canadian-sounding voice. So I turn around, and I'm like, you're Brooks-like. <laughs> he was like, yeah, yeah, I am. And I was like, huge fan, and then just ran away. <laughs> Good. I, I did the same thing when I saw Britney again for the first time in years. I was like, you're Britney Morgan. It's, yeah, and, and I was like, do you want me to sign something, yeah. little kid? What do yeah. you want? It's one of those, like, I don't know. I don't like bothering. I don't, I've, you know, being in D.C., you see celebrities on the street every once in a while. It's one of those things where it's like, if I'm right next to them, I'll be like, hey. Big fan. You're here. That's cool. Big fan, shake not your gonna hand. Ask him, not going to ask him for yeah. photos. Like, don't. Do the same. If you're in the Mid-Ohio Valley listening to this, do the same with Brittany. Acknowledge her. Say, like, you're Brittany Morgan. Say it loudly. But do not look her in the eyes. Yeah, kind of, like, do the look at the forehead technique. Like, no, she'll, she'll bite your head. Or just let, me, just let me buy my produce. Yes. How about that? Oh, my God. It's Russell Crowe. Oh, my God. It's Russell Crowe. Oh, my God. Um, either way works. Who are you and how dare you speak to her? Thank yeah. you. So, <laughs> so, your, so your, your trivia question. You're stumped the slop. So we mentioned the 2014 Game 7 for the Giants. Can you name the starting lineup for the Giants? Oh, you're asking me to do it. I am. Yeah, yeah. No, Dave, Dave, David's had his slobbish moments. No, no. I'm asking you, Brittany. I don't Brittany know if C. I can. I can't name Giants them in batting order, no. I'm not asking for the batting order. Just name it like position by position. Okay. All nine. All right. We've got... Uh, well, actually, all time. Oh, who started that game? Oh. Oh. Oh, she's already struggling. Go okay, through, hold on, hold on. Go hold through, on. you know. We had... We had I mean, I... I Affelt got the win. Yes. Bumgarner got the save. Yeah, but neither of them started that game. Did Hudson start that game? Tim Hudson did start that game. Okay, you're okay. one for one. Uh, Posey. Yes. Belt. Yes. Panic. Yes. Crawford. Yes. Pablo. Yes. Who's in? Who so let's started. See. You need Hunter Pence. Yes. I need a I need a center fielder. I don't know if this person started you at center, a center that f- game. A center fielder and a left fielder and a DH. Because they were in, oh, they were in college. Either in college. Michael Morse was the DH. Yes. All right. Okay. Two more. I. I. Center okay. Center fielder. Left fielder. You get, the the center fielder was at that time with the Alex Gordon triple was Gregor Blanco. Yes. He was. He started. He did start. All right. Gosh, now you need your left field. field. You're le- the left fielder who made a not diving but a very nice catch after Bumgarner came in in like the sixth inning. I want to say, like a running catch where he didn't. Have if it's who I'm thinking of, I can't think of his name. <sighs> But you can like short little kid. What number, did, what number did he wear? I don't know what number he wore. Hold on, hold on. It just uh, it's a little like kid. He he cried when he thought he got traded. Uh, I think. Did he start? Are you thinking of the shortstop for the Mets, Wilmer Flores? No. Okay. No. Um, made a good catch. Yes. Do you have a gap in his teeth? Because that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, let let me see. Hold on. This is getting. 
This is so great that you remember, like, you probably remember. I remember like, what he their, looks their like. Their Zodiac sign. No, I you remember. remember <laughs> you remember I what? don't think this kid started, though. Um, He wore number either 12 or 2 for the Giants. I think 2 because I know Nate Shearholtz wore. Yeah, he wore number 2 for the Giants. Oh, my gosh. I think I know exactly who he is, but I can't think of his name. Is it a – do it, I know his it, name? It's a Hispanic player? Yeah, exactly. Yes, okay. I know who it is. Okay, so you know who it is. Um, his name begins with a J. First name? Yes, first name begins with a J, and his last name begins with a P. Uh, We're thinking, so close. We I'm thinking Para. It's not Para. It's, I know that. We got it. We're so close. David's gone. Uh, he's so bored. Uh, what the heck is this kid's name? I, I, I kind of want to just say it, but I'm almost like, we're just so close. I know. I don't know if I, I... I know exactly who you're talking about. Okay. J-U for the first two letters. Juan? Yes, Juan. That doesn't... Oh, it doesn't ring a bell? Okay. Juan Perez. Juan Perez. Juan Perez. That's, that's exactly who I was thinking of, too. Juan Perez, who made a nice catch in left field. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, so David, she didn't quite get the left fielder. It was unfortunate. Juan was, Perez. But, but nine, okay. Nine out of ten, and like... Still an A, the, like yeah. my college oh, yeah, yeah, grade yeah. point average. Yeah, you can get, exactly. That's, you know, A's get degrees, as the kids say. Yeah, Juan Perez... A's, who, A's get degrees faster than yeah. C's. And so you did well. Juan Perez batted ninth, went 0 for 3. Um, That's I why I don't remember. Yeah, but he made it. Oh, gosh. Catch. Yeah, no, I totally forgot about that. Uh, I forgot. I, I knew exactly who it was, but Brittany, it's it funny, was gone. It's funny, too, because Brittany and I reference one of the Giants' middle infielders from two of their World Series teams. Joaquin, yeah, Joaquin Arias. Who no one would remember. He made, like, the last out in Matt Cain's perfect game, all this stuff. Um, but she couldn't quite get Juan for, I know. Couldn't yeah, quite no, get it, Juan it wasn't. it wasn't there. Well, you got 9 out of 10. I'm very proud of you. Uh... Brittany, this was an absolute delight. David, what was your first impression of meeting Brittany? Oh, geez. Well, I still haven't met her, technically. Okay, what was your first impression of talking to Brittany via the miracle of the internet? There, there was no hyperbole. Yes. There was no what? Hyperbole. There was no ah. hyperbole. Oh, I, I, hyped, I hyped you the hell up, and I, I yeah. lived up to it. Gotcha. Yeah. The, the, the hype is real. The hype was met. Um, you know... We didn't even we didn't even talk about our governor, which was amazing that we yeah. Did that. Like without getting politics, we we Governor Jim Justice soundbites A plus. Yeah. I might put one I, at the end of this podcast just just as a tune. Now tune. that I know that he's like six eight. Yeah. And you know, a, a hoss of a gentleman. The yeah. fact that his name is Jim Justice, just right. like all right, how is he not in wrestling already? How is so, he not a state? So David, player? you will love this in the newsroom because we have time to kill. We. I just do fantasize. A, fantasize about Governor Jim Justice, and not in that way, but whatever. My um, God, it's Jim Justice. It is. Music. Yes, imagine Jim Ross calling Jim Justice, and we have this idea that Justice is a is a is a wrestler cutting promos on certain people as he kind of tears them down, or the idea that he would be in a Royal Rumble but would lather himself up in butter. Crisco. Is it wrong? Is it wrong that I think of Jim Justice as kind of a JBL character? Yes. Like hundred percent. No, no. J- yes. Like, if you don't know who JBL is, please Google him and then gov- Google Governor Jim Justice, and you and you will be like, oh, they're the same person. Very like eccentric. And, and we're, we're, t- we're not talking. We're not talking acolytes. JBL. We're talking like, like yes, when he man, was just cowboy JBL. Had in, cowboy hat in a suit is what I think Governor Jim Justice would wear at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Cowboy hat, suit, briefs towel around the neck, uh, light, like, quaffed, quaffed we, chest hair. We dream about our governor, Jim Justice. I, again, I will put something at the end of the show for you people. Virginia, Virginia doesn't have much to go with. We've got a, we've got a, we've got an absolute nerd for our governor. Yeah, like, I, 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 Kane's cool, but like, or Northam, excuse me, is cool, but like, 
Yeah. DC's mayor is just a. Uh. She's just a nice. She's, she is. And, and and in Ohio, Governor Dewine. Not no problem with Mike Dewine, but he's not. He, he's just a normal governor. Jim Justice. No. He's a man. He's a he's man. wild and wonderful as West Virginia itself. Yes. He sure is. Um. So Brittany, in a very brief, sincere note, thank you for what you have done for me on a personal level and a professional level. Because I wouldn't be here without you. I don't know what I would have done in my life without you. But you are a truly great human being. And I can say that in, in all sincerity that you are. Thanks for taking care of. Yes. Well, uh, Jack, you're very lucky to know me. That is as good as it's <laughs> gonna get. All right, everybody, be safe. Chauffeur, come and take me away Cause I've been standing in this line for like five whole days Me and security ain't getting along And when I got to the front, they told me all of the tickets were gone So just take me home where the mood is mellow When the roses are thrown, M&Ms are yellow When the light bulbs around my mirror don't flicker Everybody gets a nice autograph picture One for you and one for your sister Who had to work tonight but is an avid <laughs> what a great episode. All right, look, I said for you people I would have a clip of Governor Jim Justice, and I am many things, but I'm not a liar. So for some context, back in January, Governor Jim Justice was giving his State of the State address. And he said these words that ran in a video package that ran in our 11 o'clock news. It ran as is. We, we censored it a little for the morning show, but Brady and I both thought, it was one of the most beautiful things we've ever heard from an elected politician, and we hope you enjoy it too. And we'll see you next time on Underemployed. I want to look right in the camera and tell anybody, anybody that is trying to come into our state with drugs, we are going to bust your ass. That's all there is to it.